welcome to Trinity Dallas. We pray that this message will be a source of encouragement and hope in your life today. Enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's just uh, not too many more minutes till good afternoon. But hey, I'm glad to see you here this morning. Nancy and I just returned from a, a little over a week in Spain. And we went there as guests of C3 Global, which is we belong to a group, a family of churches all over the globe. And we uh, went to their European conference. And uh, two things came away really with me in that trip. The first one was that we had uh, 17 European nations represented, churches in 17 different nations. And the amazing thing was when we gathered to worship, we had German-speaking people, French-speaking people, Italian-speaking people, English-speaking people, all together in one room. And as we worshiped the Lord, it was almost like the angelic host joined us for worship. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, I left there with that thought of how amazing it is and it's going to be when we get to heaven, right? All tribes, kindreds, tongues, and nations together around the throne of heaven. It's going to be amazing. And, um, and so that was really uh, something that I came away with as a blessing. And the second thing was really seeing the young people uh, gathered together, how many on fire young people from different and various nations in Europe were there. And I just thought to myself, you know, we really generally think of the church really having died years ago and just a few old people uh, sitting around in a massive cathedral. But what I saw was up under the surface of that thought is hundreds and thousands of young people in revival. And, uh, and it was really amazing. And I was really touched by that and, and uh, excited about seeing that and being a part of a global family of churches is really an uh, important thing for us. Get that perspective and see that. There's two things, two priorities I feel like the Lord has really called us to in this season. I, I'm not sure it's a, just a seasonal time. It may perhaps be for the rest of our, our lives, the rest of my life here. The first priority is really discipleship that we consider ourselves, every one of us, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it's not an attender of a local church, just not an observer of things going on, but we consider ourselves disciples of Jesus and we conduct our lives in that manner. And there as then considering ourselves a disciple, we also need to know that requisite upon us is that we make disciples. We know how to make a disciple and that we are involved in the discipleship process, both becoming a disciple of Jesus and helping someone else to become a disciple of Jesus. That every program of our church should support, be supported by that idea is that we want to facilitate relationships where we all can become closer, more intimate followers of Jesus. They will all learn how to do life together in a way that is vulnerable and uh, safe and secure and, and encouraging and blessing so that we cause each other like iron sharpens iron to be more in tune with God's word and God's life. So, so discipleship's a major theme for us in this coming season. Secondly, I believe that the is, is not a secondary importance, but an equal importance is that we create and uh, make opportunities for the power of God, for the transcending life of God to be experienced by us, not just talked about, not just heard of, but that we experience God's transcendent power. 
that he has the ability to transform lives, his ability to transform marriages, his ability to heal the sick, his ability to bring back people who have been away from God. He has the ability to do miracles that signs, wonders, and the power of God follow him. And so we want to create uh, intentionally opportunities, moments, times where we where we make room for the miraculous because I believe in miracles. And I believe that God, the miracle worker, wants to do miracles in our lives, not next week, next month, or when we get ready. I tell you, he's ready right now. So what I want to intentionally do is bring to you opportunities, bring to you people, bring to you speakers, bring to you folks that we're connected with, that we have deep and uh, meaningful relationships with that move in the power of God. And that's what we have today. And so it's really a blessing to be able to have Andrew here. Uh, Andrew Kabbalah uh, and his wife Janine pastor a church just south of Sydney. And uh, they're amazing people. Andrew's been here before. He's spoken here before, uh, all pre-COVID. But Andrew, it's great to have you. He did yesterday our Holy Spirit uh, encounter, and he's preached two sermons here today, and people have already been healed. People have already been set free today and this weekend just through his ministry. So I want you to give a big Trinity Church welcome to Pastor Andrew Kabbalah from Australia, all the way here to minister to us. Come on up here, brother. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just stand for one minute? Can we just keep that romantic music happening just for a little bit, a little bit longer? Lift your hands in the presence of God and let's just believe. Let's believe for a miracle. Yes. Psalm 121, verse 1 says, I lifted up my eyes to the mountains, to the Lord, because this is where my help comes from comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And I love that the psalmist said in his hour of need, he he lifted. Friend, if I could lift for you, I I would. But today we we lift our hands, Lord. We're just, we're saying to the Lord that you would just come in your power, come in your might, Lord. We don't have to wait till the end of the service for, for healing to come, a miracle to come. You're here, right here, right now. So, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, move freely, freely amongst us today. Lord, that you would just heal, set people free. God, we honour you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. God, you are awesome. Maybe you're here and you need a financial miracle. Maybe that's the big deal. You know, God can do it. His hand is not too short for a new job, a pay increase. Maybe there's anxiety or depression. My Bible says, who the Son says free is free indeed. You can be free. Don't listen to that lie of the devil. Or maybe there's cancer. Maybe the, the doctors have said, this is your forever. It's simply not true because the Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. And so God, we thank You today that we walk into Your presence. We thank You that we're in the house of miracles, this house. We thank you, Lord, that you are here. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Have a, have a seat. Turn to somebody and say, I like my pastor. And, um, you know, Pastor Joe and Nancy are great friends of ours. And uh, I, I, I thank God for them. Even as we're just driving, we're just 
dropping bombs at, with each other. I think I'm a better person just in, the, in 10 minutes in the car with Joe than I have been for a long time. And I've, I've, I feel I've got, I got faith for things now. Yeah. got faith for a new building, got faith for our church. And um, truly, there, were, there, there are great churches in the world, but there would be few churches that would spend a whole weekend just believing God for miracles. And, uh, and Pastor Joe and Nancy, they, they, they want you to win. They, they want you to be healed. They want your life to be turned around. And, and I thank God for that. If I was sick, I would come to this church because you need to surround yourself with the miraculous. And we need to honor your, our pastors for their stretch and for their faith. And can we do that and give yeah. Pastor Joe and Nancy a big, big hand. Thank you for being our friends. We, you need friends. And uh, they, they are very, very good friends to us. Um, as, as Joe mentioned, I'm, I'm married 25 years to my beautiful wife, Janine. I've got two boys, 21 and 18 years old. Um, they're single and ready to mingle. Uh, <laughs> so if you've got any uh, young daughters out there, we're hoping they marry some American uh, girls. My, my, my boy's going to Bible college in America uh, this year in January for two years. And so I'm, I'm hoping he um, marries a young American girl. And um, so there's a lot of, there's, they call it bridal college for a reason. So um, I'm sending him secretively. Uh, anyway, I hope this isn't videoed. Um, they see everything. But we're blessed beyond blessed. Part of, part of my story is that I had leukemia at the age of 13 to 18. And um, when I was 15 years old, um, a pretty girl asked me to go to a Presbyterian youth group and I went and I got saved. I'm, I'm amazed how powerful prayer is. Prayer, prayer is powerful. One minute you're not going to heaven and now you are yeah. after a prayer. One minute you could be dying of cancer and then you're healed. You got arthritis and now there's no arthritis. Pr prayer is, is very powerful. We underestimate prayer. And I know that to be true because even in my church, and I'm, I'm trying to convince our church that prayer is powerful, but oftentimes the, the prayer meetings aren't full. And so we actually don't believe it. Yeah. We, we nod and we go, yeah, prayer is powerful, but we don't, we don't believe it. We need, to, we need to rediscover the power of prayer. And uh, it's my goal that our prayer meetings are filled and, uh, and that's when revival will actually start. Is when we, 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 that's the foundation. When I prayed a prayer asking Christ to come into my life, something happened. It actually happened. I got saved. And it was a pretty radical thing. And uh, from then on, I would go to um, uh, Mass, um, Catholic Church, on Saturday night to appease my parents. And then Saturday, Sunday morning and Sunday, Sunday night, my little Presbyterian church and then the youth ministry on, on Friday. And that was the way we just had to roll. Otherwise, you, you'd be kicked out of home. I don't know if anybody had a family like that, but that's, that's, how, that's how it was. And, um, when I, and I was in and out of hospital because I had leukemia, I went out of, uh, in remission, then I went out of remission, had a, have a bone marrow transplant when I was 17 years old. I've had massive doses of radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and at one point the doctors diagnosed me to be terminal, which is always a bad day. And um, uh, my Catholic priest, my, uh, my mum and dad had organised my Catholic priest to come and anoint me for oil, with oil to p give me my last rites. <laughs> you know, that's a bad day. That's a flat out bad day. You just think you're gonna, you, you think you're gonna die. And then uh, shortly after that, my, my youth pastors walked in 
uh, holding this big Bible on the same day. And they said, we believe that God can heal you. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, like after five years, it's a pretty big pill to swallow. You know, like well, now, God's changed his mind now. And, um, and some of you are here like that. You've, you've been prayed for before, I know. You're, you're, you're here like maybe you haven't got faith. I didn't have faith. I, I had no, I, out of all the faith, I had zero faith. I just worn out and didn't even really believe or know about healing. I'm still like a new, brand new baby Christian. And so for them to come in, I could have said to them, why are you teasing me? Why, why are you getting my hopes up in my 11th hour? I could have asked them to leave. So where, where was the miracle for me? And, and I really believe, even, even in my unbelief, the very fact that I allowed them to pray for me one more time was enough faith for God to do what He needed to do. Yeah. The Bible says all you need is a seed, a whiff, a sniff of faith, as it were. And, and, and even, like, even in my disbelief saying, come on, just pray for me, it was enough for God to do something. And when they prayed for me, I knew something had happened. I knew something had happened. The very next hour, I was getting blood tests every hour. The very next hour, the doctors came in, said, Andrew, something's changed. Something shifted in your blood. And I was like, what does that mean? And they said, well, we're not sure yet. And on and on and on I went. And obviously I'm here. And, uh, and, God, and God healed me. So I'm very thankful for that. Most people clap at that point, but feel free. Yeah. So, so, it's a tough crowd. I understand it wasn't your miracle. It's like, oh. Yeah, that other guy had an ear. He got healed. It was better. I don't know what you need, but I'm always clapping. I'm, I'm thanking God every day of my life, going, God, thank you for healing me. And because of that, because of what happened then, it was so dramatic, I don't think that God's going to heal people. I know He's going to heal people because God healed me. And there is a cheekiness, a knowing inside of me that God can do it. And it is a different kind of faith. But I, I, I'm here to stir you today. Um, and part of, part of me mentioning this is my, my testimony uh, on a video form is, is on this USB drive. Um, it's got my mum and dad talking about how the doctors told me that I was diagnosed and what they were thinking, my story. Um, it's, it's, it's a great story to uh, send to friends and family members who are sick to encourage them. Say, so I met that guy. He's a pretty nice guy. Good looking, very good looking. And you can, you can encourage people and, and to give it to them because when seeing is believing. Hearing testimonies really, really helps people. But then I've got a whole bunch of other messages on here that talk about the miraculous. Not just me speaking, Pastor Phil, other great people who are, who are, who are talking about the miraculous. And if I was to say anything to anyone, Surround yourself with faith. Surround yourself with, with good messages, messages on healing. Now, this is called Be Healed. If you need a miracle, I want to encourage you, get this resource, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to really bless you. And all of our resource sales, everything that we do, goes to our missions in Cambodia to help girls get out of sexual um, trafficking. And we've been doing that for 15 years in a ministry over there. So it's not like I'm trying to you know, earn money or anything like that. It's really just to bless you guys. And, and as that, you'll be blessing other people in Cambodia. So hope that is, is a blessing to you. And here's a little gift from me to you because you're just on the front row smiling. And so you, you, you deserve something good. Amen.
Amen. Oh, you're clapping now. I like you even more. Okay, we're going to be good. I, I, I want to talk to you on a subject called limitless faith. Everybody say limitless faith. With God, everything's limitless. Well, I mean, we, we try to put God in the box, but he's actually he's out of the box. He's always out of the box. Let me just tell you a little story. Um, I remember this one time I, I was speaking in London, and I was very nervous because it's a well-known church. It's a very big church, and I was speaking five times in a row. And so, like, it's, it's, a, it's a big day. And so when I, when I went into the service, I didn't really know about the, the church, but um, there's about like 2,000 people in every service. But the way that the church was designed or the room was designed is there's no altar call. There's no, there's no room for people to come forward for healing. Um, so you, you, you can't put your hand on them. You can't pray for them. They're just, they're just all in this big you know, um, auditorium and you're on a big, big, big stage. And just, that's, that's the way it is. And the pastor says to me, Andrew, just before service, he says, Andrew, uh, we don't have altar calls. We don't bring people forward for prayer. And I said, well, how do, how do, you, how do you do it? Like, what do you do? And he says, yeah, we just, we just pray for people where they're sitting. And I was like, oh, man. Because for me, as a healing evangelist, you know, I would put my hand on people, maybe anoint people with oil sometimes, you know, um, and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on a stage so I'm, I'm panic. I'm having a panic attack, like you know, because it's a big meeting, lots of people around. I want to do a good job for pastor. I want to do a good job for the boss, and I'm stuck. And so I'm, you know, the, the music's happening, the guitar, you know, everything's happening, worship's happening, and I'm praying to God. I'm saying, God, why do I, I don't know what to do now? I'm stuck. And he's and the Lord said to me, Andrew, do you trust me? And I was like, well, not really. If I'm honest, no, no, not really. Because, what, can I just be honest with you for a minute? Yeah. Because I, I think that God needs me. Yeah. He, 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 needs my, he needs my stories. He, he needs my wow. He needs, he needs me to put my hand on somebody. Do you know what I'm talking about? He, he needs me. He says, Andrew, do you, do you, do you trust me? I'm like, no, not really. I'm on the front row in a worship service and I'm debating with God if he's big enough. Yeah, that's right. And then the Lord says, if you get out of the way, I'll steal the show. Yeah. I said, Lord, dear, really? And they're like, right. you don't understand, but I'm the pastor, I'm supposed to have it all together. I'm like nervous as a cat. And so I'm, I'm preaching my message and then, I, and, then I, and then I'm thinking, well, how am I going to? And I said, so who, 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 needs, who needs a miracle? Maybe hundreds of people put their hands up. I said, okay, well, we, we're going to believe God. He's going, to, he's going to move and touch you in your seats. And I'm saying it, and I don't even believe it. Who knows what I'm talking about? I'm like, it's kind of like hope. It's kind of like I'm, I'm fake it till you make it. It's like, I, I hope you're going to get healed in your seats. I'm like, Lord, I hope, I hope. Like, and as I said, I said, here comes the power of God. Wind went from behind me as the Holy Spirit was released in the meeting. And, and, and God was touching people in their, in their seats. And the worship continued. And at the end of the service, 
I just said, listen, who feels like they were being healed in, in, in service? And maybe like 600 people put their hands up. I was shocked. The pastor came up, he, he walked on stage. He was shocked. He said, no, no, you don't understand. He said, Andrew was saying, you were healed in service. Who was healed in service? Put your hand up. I think even more people put their hand up. And that's how I went for the five services. And the last service, there were over 2,000 people in the overflow waiting to get in. Pastor said, Andrew, we need to have a, a, a Wednesday night service, a healing service, because there's, there's, there's too many people and we can't fit them in the service. And we, and we had a Wednesday night service and, and on and on it went. From that day forward, I remember, actually, God's bigger than me. We, we, think, we think God has to fit in this service, this way. But I want to ask you this question. What do you believe today about God? What does he have to do? What, 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 what situations, how does it have to work that, that God would be real in your life? Let, let, me, let me just uh, unpackage this little message for you and, and then we're going to pray for people today. And we've got time, so that's, that's going to be nice. Matthew 8 and verse 5, it says, When Jesus entered Capraham, a centurion came to him asking him for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? The centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve that you come under my roof, but just speak a word. Everybody say, speak a word. And my servant will be healed. For myself, a man under authority with soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes. This one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And then in verse 13, just jump down, it says, and Jesus said to the centurion, go and let it be done to you as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And Jesus said to the centurion, go and just as you believed, everybody say you believed, just as you believed, you believed. Great story. So the centurion, he's a soldier. He's got his friend. He's at home. He's paralyzed. He's in torment or something's going on. And he meets Jesus. And he says to Jesus, I've got a problem. And Jesus says, do you want me to come? And he says, no, no, I'll come if you want. And the centurion, just unbelievable statement. He says, just speak a word and my servant will be healed. Jesus said he he marveled, he pondered, he wondered what was happening. And then he said, well, as you believed, your servant's going to be healed that day. I just want to tell you this one thing, God's for you. That is a a foundational faith moment. And and, and to underscore this, that God is for you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be healed. Even, Even when you're walking through a valley, the shadow of death, you'll fear near evil. Why? Because God's with you through these moments. And, um, you know, uh, I, I often think and talk to our, our church about um, salvation moments. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it's for your salvation. You know, uh, um, he, he hung there as a perfect sacrifice for your sin. And, um, and that's, that's, we talk about this in church and we understand that. And, and, and most people here would, would say, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's what we believe. But what we forget to believe or we don't understand fully is it says, 
in, in um, Isaiah 53, it says, by his stripes we are healed. So on the same day as their salvation happened, every, every whipping, every, every beating was for a reason. It was for a healing. It was that cancer would go, arthritis would go, t- tumors would leave our body. You, you, we, we, we watch the movies, um, these Christian movies sometimes, and we see Jesus getting beaten, you know, and he's still got skin on. That's not true. When, when Jesus was whipped, he had no skin. He was, he was skin, skinless. And, and why I'm trying to bring this home is not to gross you out, but it brings home when it says, by, by his stripes, by his beatings, we are healed. So every time he is beaten, cancer, Parkinson's disease, all these problems was for you. He is for you. He, he wants you to be healed. He wants you to be saved. And he went to great lengths for it. Come on, give God a clap even for doing that. Because he's worthy of praise. This guy, this guy, he's like, man, he said, I'm gonna come, I'll come to your house. He said, don't even worry about it. He said, he had a, this, this, this soldier had a revelation. The centurion replied, Lord, I don't even deserve you to come under my roof, in verse eight, but speak a word, my servant will be healed. Now, listen, if my son Jonathan was sick, and uh, he was in Dallas Hospital today, and he was dying of cancer and it was doom and gloom and everything was bad. But Pastor Joe came to me and he said, Andrew, you know what? I woke up this morning, I've got a word. And your son is gonna be healed today. We're gonna pray. And uh, I know I've had a dream and your son's gonna be raised up and he's gonna be healed and, and something special's gonna happen. <laughs> I'd be like, Scooby-Doo. Yes, yes, yes. I'd be so excited. I'd come around and would hop in, hop in my car, I'd open the car door and make it special and Joe would hit it. We'd drive down to Starbucks, Ooh, get a latte on the way home. You know, like we'd, we'd be, I'd be singing, pray, we'd have praise and worship. Who knows what I'm talking about? We'd have praise and worship going on. We'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be ringing Janine. Don't even worry about it. Pastor Joe's got it sorted. We're going to church and we, you know, I'd be, I'd be pumped. There is no way. No way! I'd say, hey, Joe, just speak a word. Come on, somebody. Is that the truth or not? I'm just not gonna do it. I'm gonna say, you're going. We're going. We're going to, we're going to the hospital and my son's gonna get raised up. But this guy's like, cuckoo, cuckoo. Because he's like, hey, Jesus, just speak a word. And like, how, why, why, would he, why would he even say that? He had a revelation. Where, where was the revelation? Is he, is he standing in front of Jesus? And I don't know how, but maybe he understood in, in Genesis 1, 1 to 3 when God said, let there be light. And there was. And the universe was formed out of a word. A word was spoken. And the first use of language wasn't for communication, it was for creation. God created something by a word. And Jesus was the word back in Genesis. He was the one speaking it. And so the same God, come on somebody, 
all the way back then, when God speaking the universe into being, is now standing in front of him, shut the gate. He says, listen, if you did it back then, you can do it back here. Just speak a word. Just speak a word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. You know what? Uh, It says that he had great faith. The centurion had great faith. Nobody had more greater faith than him. Jesus marveled. He's marveled. He's like, what are you saying? Because before this moment, Jesus had to put his hand on somebody. Come on. Sounds familiar. He had to be in the room for the healing to take place. And now you're saying, speak a word. He's, Jesus doesn't even know what's happening. He's like, oh, well, I don't know. Gabriel, come here. Yes, Lord. What's going on? Lord, he knows. He knows what? He knows your God. Shut up. Does he really? Yes, Lord, he does. Like, Jesus is freaking out. He's like, he actually knows that I can speak a word. It's limitless. It's now limitless. I had to be in the room and touch somebody. I had to put my hand on somebody. I had to call somebody out of a grave. But now, just a word could be anywhere on the planet. That's how big I am. And all of a sudden, the centurion unlocks something. Unlocks something in the New Testament. Unlocks something in the book of Acts. Now he's unlocking something even in 2023. Understanding that, is it true that the Bible says that nothing is impossible with God? It's limitless. And then he says to the person, to the centurion, as you believed. The centurion unlocked the miracle because his belief was, Jesus, you don't have to turn up, just speak a word. The centurion's unlocking something in the miraculous. Friend, what do you believe about God? What do you believe He can do? What, what, what limits have you put on Him? What can He do? What can't He do? What, 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 what is it? I'm trying to open your hearts, open your minds to, to realize that God is now limitless. Yes. What, what about this? In Luke 8, and uh, let, let, let's, let's just go to verse 43. Talking about the, um, <laughs> the woman with the issue of blood. I feel like you just need a couple, couple more. <laughs> a couple more, we'll get there maybe. And then, a, and then a, um, a woman who had been subject for ble- from bleeding for 12 years, everybody say 12 years. 12 years. It's a long time, isn't it? 12 years of sickness, 12 years of pain, 12 years of torment. But no one could heal her. And she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately the bleeding had stopped. 
Who touched me? Jesus said when they denied it. Peter said, Master, the people were crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. I know it because power has gone out from me. Another version said, faith, she had somebody, faith has gone out. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling, shaking, fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told him why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. I would say your faith. Her faith has made her well. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. I, 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 like this, I like this verse, there's lots in it. 12 years of pain, 12 years of healing. There are people in this room, you've been sick for a long time. I can feel it many, many, many times. It's okay, God can, God can heal. I, I woke up this morning feeling in my spirit, this is the day the Lord's made. Somehow, this is the day that the Lord has made for you. 12 years of pain, 12 years of sickness. Nobody could heal her, but she heard that Jesus was coming to town. I reckon, where did her faith come from? Maybe it was sitting in the beggar's tents late at night, warming her hands, hearing the stories for the first time in her world that lepers are healed. Never before in, 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 in Roman history could a leper be healed. But now, now faith could come. Now people who are deaf can be healed. Lepers are healed. Not what Jesus would have taught, no. But what she believed, what she believed she would have believed that Jesus wouldn't put his hand on her because she was unclean. She would have believed that Jesus wouldn't speak to her because she was a woman. These are things that she believed. But she thought to herself, if I could just go undercover and touch a garment, he wouldn't even know. And maybe that would be enough for God to heal me. <laughs> I'm undone thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And here she is, sneaking through the crowd, trying to be like an undercover secret agent in the miraculous, pushing past the disciples, crawling under a fence. Yeah. And there he is. And she takes her chance and touches his garment. Bang! <laughs> Power! Yeah. Healing has gone into her body. She's un she can't believe it. Instantly, she knows she's been healed. Jesus makes a big deal of it. He says, who touched me? Peter, the disciples go, cuckoo. Hundreds. He said, no, 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 no. Power has left me. Another version is somebody believed. Yeah. He says, "Who touched you? She, she knows she can't come unnoticed. And what does she do? She comes trembling to him. Why? Because she thought she was going to get told off. Yeah. 
She knew she was in the wrong spot. She's trembling. I'm going to get stoned. I'm going to get in trouble. And how kind is he? He says, daughter. How good is he? What class. Daughter. You think you're away from God. He's not angry. He's not upset. He just wants you to come. Daughter, son, come. And he says, your faith's made you well. How cool is that? No, didn't like that? That was my best trick, Joe. That's as good as I can get. All right, well, yeah, one more then. If you're not, one more. This is the last one then. If you, if you don't get it after this, we're, we're done. <laughs> Acts 5. As a result, verse 15, as a result, people brought their sick people onto the street. Listen to this. And laid them on the beds, mats, so at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gather from all around the towns in Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all were healed. Amen. Wow. I just think this is an unbelievable story. Because what happened was, Jesus is now gone. You know that. We're in the New Testament. We're in the book of Acts. So there's no more Jesus. He's completely gone. He, he, can't put, he can't put his hand on you anymore, right? He, he, he's not in the room, as it were. So it's just the disciples who are left, the boys. A rattly little crew. So no more Jesus. He can't speak to you. He can't put his hand on you. He can't touch his garment. But maybe a disciple of Jesus. Maybe somebody who's been under a shadow for three years, learning, teaching, gleaning. Maybe somebody from Trinity, Dallas, maybe they've got faith. Maybe they'd believe. Maybe they would have confidence to go to a hospital and put their hand on somebody. Maybe a neighbor, maybe a colleague that you sit beside every single day, but you're as nervous as a cat. But if you would just believe it's limitless now, that God can make, make a way. Could you imagine the first guy being laid on the street, paralyzed? The people brought him there. The people brought him there, laid them on the street. The crowds of many, the noise, unbelievable. Shouting, calling for Peter. Peter, over here. I'm here. He can't move. He can't, the noise too too much, too big. Peter, he's passing by. Peter, I'm here. He can't see, he can't see me. He's gonna pass by. But he sees the shadow. He sees the shadow. He reaches out and he touches 
the shadow. His legs! His legs! I can feel my legs! My legs! 20 years I haven't felt my legs, I can feel my legs. He turns to his friend, just touch the shadow. Just touch the shadow. And on and on it went. And the Bible says that all were healed. It's limitless now. Jesus works by putting his hand on people, by speaking to people, by touching garments, by a word, and now shadows. What's God trying to say? It's limitless. I can do it any way you want. What do you believe? And I'm speaking to Trinity Dallas this morning, saying, the Bible says in this verse that the people believed. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if Trinity Dallas believed that God could do it? Friends and family members, colleagues, bringing them into the house of God. Maybe we don't even have the confidence to do it, but we've got the confidence to bring them into the house of miracles. And I know that Robert and and Pastor Joe, we'd be praying, if you don't wanna do it, we'll do it. We'll stand with you. I tell my church, don't come to church on your best day, come to church on your worst day. That's the day we'll lift up your hands. That's the day we'll pray for you. That's the day we'll believe God for your miracle. Come on, Trinity Dallas. Let's believe. Let's believe that God can do it. He can do it. He is able to do it. It's limitless. You know, as we just come to a a close and we wanna pray for people, and I do wanna put my hand on people and, and ask God to, heal people because I'm, I'm here I've come a long way from Sydney 16 hour flight might as well I've got nothing to do no, no sports to watch this afternoon I'm, I'm here Pastor, Pastor wants you to be healed we, 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 we've been talking about it all, all day all last night we've been, we, this, this, is, this is our moment I've, I've been thinking about this for months Praying, believing God. What are you believing? One thing that I know when I'm talking about healing in the miraculous, on a, on a real practical level, because I know there's a fight going on. So how can I win the fight? Well, one, one of the things is sin separates us from God. I, I learned that when I was five years old from, in kids' church. We did a little puppet thing. Sin separates us from God. Five little things. And, and now I'm 50 and it's still true. 45 years later, nothing changes. Sin separates us from God. But oftentimes we want the miracle, but we're not actually honest with God. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? We're not honest with God. We say, God, I want the miracle, but I refuse to bow my knee. God wants you to win, but we've got to help we can help with just a few little things. And, and, that, and I would say that's one of, the, one of the big ones. When I'm praying for people in our church, how is your relationship with God going? 
Now listen, I, I know that God can heal people whether they're in church or out church because it's limitless. God's big. But just on a practical, like me, just being practical, I want to help you. And so there's no, no pressure. But if, you, if you're sitting here and say, hey, Andrew, yeah, I'm not really a church person. Hey, listen, you know, Psalm 121, what I talked about, I lifted up my eyes to the Lord because he, he, this is where my help comes from. You're asking God for the miracle. How about you have the miracle in you? He's got a name. His name is Jesus Christ. When I prayed that prayer when I was 15 years old, not fully understanding the enormity of the prayer, no, not really understanding how big it was back then, but it's saying, God, I want you in my life. I'm sorry for all the, all the stuff-ups, all the sin in my life. Forgive me. Not even knowing that He would forgive me. But when I prayed that prayer, something shifted for me. And I believe it certainly helped me in my relationship with God. Definitely did. And now I'm standing here all these years later, trying to, trying to tell you, hey, I'm here to help. I said in my church, when's the last time you're honest with God? That's, that's the transaction that's happening. We're talking, but will you be honest with Him? Or are you just gonna hide again? Just gonna, oh, nothing's wrong here. Oh, that's convenient. But if you open your life to God, He's gonna do it. If you try to hide, if you try to hide the thing that's broken, he can't fix it. You got to give God the thing that's broken, and then he can fix it. That's how it works. So come on, before we pray for other miracles, let's pray for this miracle, the condition of our soul. Why don't you just bow your heads? And um, and then in a moment, we're gonna we're gonna pray a prayer. This is how it's gonna work. Just gonna talk for a minute. But if you if you if you've never given your life to Christ. He's saying, Andrew, I, I, I need to do that. I'd love to pray with you just where you're seated. We're going to pray a prayer out loud and all together so you don't feel alone or embarrassed. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand so I know who I'm praying for. And also, I just feel like it's just an acknowledgement to God that I'm actually taking this seriously. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, it's true. I've, I've been around church things. I've, I've been in and out and around about, but... If I'm honest with God, I'm not really walking with Him, not like you're talking about. Something is separating me from God and I need to get this right with Him today. I need, I need, I need to just confess to God and get my life right with Him. Or maybe you're here and you say, Andrew, if I was to face death like you had to, if I was to walk out of this room, get hit by a car, stand before God, I don't know if I'd be in heaven or hell. There'd be a fear and uncertainty around that moment. But would you pray with me so I can have a relationship with God, walk in that relationship, have an assurance of my salvation. Friend, if you're here on one of those things, you say, Andrew, I, I, I need to pray this prayer. I just want you to shoot up your hand just right now so I can see who we're praying for. You say, Andrew, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm away from God. This is my first time in church, perhaps. Thank you, friend. Who else today? You say, Andrew, that's me. Something has to turn for me. Thank you. At the back as well, up top. Thank you, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew? That's me. Something has to turn. Thank you. In, in the middle, I see that hand as well. Who else is saying, Andrew? That's me. Something has to turn. Something has to change for me. Something, something has to change. Thank you over there. Thank you at the very back, sir. I see that hand as well. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, sir. Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me. Something has to turn. Something has to change. I've got, if you're not going to be honest with him now, I don't know when you're going to be. But that's, your, that's, the, that's the truth of it. This, this is your moment. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, why don't we just do this? Just with every eye closed. But why don't you just put your hand on your heart? Because that's, that's really what you're opening up to the Lord. And just pray this prayer out loud after me. We're all going to pray it. Pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I ask you into my life as my Lord and Saviour. I give you my life. I give you total control. Forgive me for any wrongs, for any sin, because I know you died on a cross to take away the sin of the world. Take away my sin. Today, I am a child of God. Help me live for you every day in your presence. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you, God. I thank you for every person that lifted their hand. Or maybe didn't lift their hand, but pray that prayer with earnest. Lord, you know, you see. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you touch their lives today. Lord, that they would find this church as their home. Lord, that they would be connected and loved and supported. Most of all, Lord, your word says that the old is gone and the new has come. We are like new creations. And so we rejoice in that. And Lord, I speak life and I speak healing into their bodies in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a big clap. Is He good? Thank you for tuning in today. If you'd like to dive deeper into today's message, go to trinitydallas.com forward slash sermons to receive your copy of the notes. If today's message encouraged you, do someone else a favor and share it with them. Also be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. A special shout out to all those who partner with us through their giving. Your contributions have enabled us to touch the lives of people in our community, as well as around the globe. Visit us at trinitydallas.com forward slash give to partner with what God is doing through Trinity Dallas. 